0: You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus.
1: Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here today. glad to be here with a message Take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. we We're going to read some words of Jesus that most people just don't believe. Let me put it this way. Most Christians don't believe these words of Jesus. John, chapter 6, and verse 37. We believe it because it's in the Bible and because it has connection to what Paul's revelation was, Jesus built on this right here to reveal to the Apostle Paul the doctrine of the gospel of the grace of God. John chapter 6 and verse 37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I will in under no circumstances cast him out. That's what he's saying. I will in no wise. Well, I can think of a couple of reasons why I might cast you out. No, you can't. You can't think of one. Think of your worst circumstances... And this is still going to be true whether you believe it or not. That's right. Verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will. Now the four there, the four, you see the first word of verse 38? That's commentary on what he just said. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and he that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. What's he saying? the will of the Father is? that he not lose you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, amen. Verse 39, And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, now he restates it, all that he, that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, amen. but should raise it up again at the last day. Mm. Most Christians do not believe this. They believe it's a toss of the coin. If I've done good enough, I'll get to be resurrected. They do not believe that it's all really in Jesus' hands to keep you. Verse 40, And this is the will of of Him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believes on Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We've got a lot more to say about all this. Father, thank you for the reading of the the Word of God today. Thank you for this great revelation of the grace of God. And this revelation that the body of Christ and believers worldwide are really only your gift, my Father, to the Lord Jesus Christ. This church is your way of rewarding your own son. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us after this message not only to see ourselves under a more worthy light, but to see our brother and sister on that road beside us more worthy. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness and grace to manifest your power here this morning already in this service to help people know that what the lamb did, he did for our overcoming power. Thank you for this word. I believe I received the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, not only, not only for me, but for the people of God today. Help us to be great, greater citizens of the kingdom, as we are already born into the family. Help us to act like we're part of a kingdom that will never pass away. Praise God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen i got six thoughts on all this. Jesus sees you, number one, Jesus sees you as a gift from his Father. Number two, Jesus will never cast you out. Number three, Jesus believes it is not the Father's will to cast you out. Number four, Jesus never loses. If he ever lost you, that'd make him a loser. Jesus reveals Himself to those who want Him. And number six, vision drives faith. He sees me and believes. Not not seeing with the eyes. They work opposite. It's a different kind of seeing. We're going to talk about it today. First of all, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Jesus sees you as a gift from His Father. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. Now I I have relatives who've given me gifts before. They liked them. Am I in in the right house? Yeah. You got that Aunt Mildred, don't you? That has no class, no taste, no nothing, but she has great love for you. But she always gives you something that you wouldn't put on your dog. Much less wear yourself. Right? My father always gave me what I wanted, though. My father knew I just wanted money. Don't go buy me something that you like. If you want me to have something, let me choose what I want. Because my father wanted me to have what I wanted. Ah. The father did not give you to Jesus because he wanted to give him a bunch of troubled little brothers and sisters. I'll show you, Lord. I'll show you, Lord Jesus. I'll give you a bunch of little baby brothers and sisters who are rats. Unworthy, unholy little rats is what I'll do. I'll give you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. The Father is giving to Jesus what He knows Jesus wants. He wants you. The greatest missions society in the world, when you talk about the power in the earth of their testimony, was the Moravians. There's never been a people like them. You ever read anything about the Moravians? There's never been a people like them. One, one Moravian farmer one day was building something, had a hammer, and he was out building something. He just let his hammer down, went in the house, got a little bag, and left. He said, I go to the field, and just took off. And was gone for like eight years, preaching the gospel. He shows back up, picks up his hammer, and goes back to work. They were just moved by their own impulses to, to preach the gospel ordinary Christians just taking on the the role of missions as the Lord led them. Working with their hands they'd get to thinking the Holy Ghost would begin to put things in their hearts. Incredible people. And their cry was we are out to gain for the Lamb the prize worthy of His sufferings. They did not say we're going out to win souls. Yeah. They did not say we're going out to save people from hell. You know it's not your, really your job to save people from hell. No, right. <laughs> Jesus already did everything that was necessary to save them from hell. Exactly. It's just your job to go tell them that they don't have to go. Amen. Amen. And in that, the emphasis is not on trying to keep somebody from going to hell. That's a byproduct of you just gaining for the lamb the prize that is worthy of his sufferings. If you try to win souls and save people because, well, they're going to hell, and I've asked God to give me a heart for sinners. I've heard that kind of stuff all my life. All my life. And I've prayed those kind of prayers so many times. And you know how long it lasts? About that long. I get it in for the moment and it lasts about that long. I go out in the streets and start preaching the gospel. It lasts about that long. But you know what's kept me more faithful to tell people about Jesus that I run into? Is thinking about Jesus not getting paid for what he did. Because I can only love sinners so long. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. After a while, you just get disgusted with them. After a while, you just get disgusted with them. You deserve hell. I mean, you know, that's just where you get to thinking. You wouldn't say it, but you think it. But if you think of them as God's prize to Jesus, and you have a role in witnessing to them to bring them to Jesus as part of His payment package, that's a whole different thing. If you love Jesus, that will keep you consistent in your witness because it's an expression of your love for the Lord. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. The Father is working in your heart. The Father has to be working in your heart because the Father is the one that plants a seed. The Father's working in the, in the planting of the seeds in your heart. The Father's working in you when you witness to other people about Jesus. The Holy Ghost is, is leading you, but the Father plants the seed. Are you hearing this? All that the Father gives me shall come to me. He does this through you. Miss Ann has told me she's going to invite an evangelist here for the first Sunday of January. We believe in the fivefold ministry here, not the twofold or threefold. Amen. We have apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers written out about in the Bible. And you have a regular diet of all these coming, but we've not really had many evangelists come yet. We're about to have. You're about to have a hardcore evangelist. His name is Scott Hinkle. He thinks if you're not winning souls, you're probably not even saved. (laughs) He and I have had this little discussion about soul winning. I said, I'm not a soul winner. He said, oh, holler, you've got to get right with God. (laughs) I said, I didn't say I wasn't a witness. I'm a witness. But you can't expect an evangelist to think any other way. You wouldn't want him to. We want Him to be who He is, and He's going to come. And help us, help us with our witness, with our testimony. Amen. 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 And it won't be as much about what you learn, but what you catch. Because right. these guys work under an anointing. Yes. Are you hearing me? Yes. Under an anointing that's contagious, especially the evangelist. Oh, man. Scott Hinkle changed my life. He asked this question. One time in West Texas, I had him out there at the church we were pastoring. He asked a question. He said, Will you... You exist for three primary reasons. To glorify God. Right? To exalt the Lord. To edify one another. To edify the church. And the third reason is to evangelize the world. Those are the three primary reasons why we exist. To give glory to God. Be a blessing to one another as a, as a household of faith and to reach out and win the world to Jesus. Uh, let's set together. Exalt the, Lord, Exalt the Lord, edify the church, edify the church. evangelize the world. Evangelize. That's, a, that's our threefold mission. That's why we exist. It's pretty easy, isn't it? E-E-E. Exalt, edify, evangelize. That's why we exist. Now let me ask you a question. And this is what he asked that exalting the Lord, we're going to go to heaven, we read about it in the book of Revelation, all these nations exalting God and worshiping Him night and day. They they have no rest continually. They just worship God. Don't need any rest. Do you think that our worship there will be better than it is here? I'm going to say yes. Because you won't have a roast in the oven there. You won't have that family member that refused to come to church with you there. You won't have the pain in the back there or the pain in the foot there. I already already talked about relatives, so it's not the pain in the other. You won't have have the distracting thoughts. You won't have children making noise in the the children's church causing you to be distracted. No, you won't have any of that there. It will be perfect worship there. So that cannot be why we're still here. When we get there, will we, have, will we edify one another better or worse than we do here? Better. 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 Hey. There won't be any distractions there. There won't be any sexual tensions, no racial tensions, no color t- tensions, no language barriers, none, none of that. That'll all be gone and we'll, we'll have perfect unity and love with one, uh, with, one, uh, with one another. One another. I knew I could say it. We'll have perfect everything with each other there for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> so that can't be why we're still here. Right. That just leaves one other big purpose. Wow. Why we're still here. Because mm-hmm. can we evangelize the world in heaven? Nope. Nope. No. Well, Scott, Scott uh, Hinkle said that's why we're still here and not in heaven Amen. Amen. that's the real reason why we're still here and not in heaven he said you'd be surprised how little of that is emphasized in lo- at local church on Sunday and he may say all this to you again and he'll say it a lot better than I just did but it's a powerful thought why are we still here? And he, always, he taught me to say this, always say, we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Never forget it. That you're influencing somebody all the time whether you know it or not, you're either influencing them to think that it's not that important to go to heaven, to pay Jesus for what he, what he earned, or you're making them believe it is muy important be saved. All that the Father giveth me shall come to hell. How does the Father give it to you? The Father gives it to him through you. Amen. Sowing a seed. That's the action of the Father, the sowing of the seed, the message. Second thing is Jesus will never cast you out. That's all found in verse 37. He will never cast you out. Oh, but holler! ha, 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 ha. You don't know what I've done. <laughs> no one, please don't tell me. Because <laughs> I will send you to hell. I mean, I mean if it's up to me, I, I just would. I'm not that gracious. <laughs> she said, you would not. <laughs> No, not really. But, I, but God is not ma- a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Uh, and that was spoken about the covenant people who had just been as rebellious as they had ever been. But when Balaam stood up to curse them, God said, I'm not going to let you curse them. They're doing a good enough job on their own. <laughs> but you'll not be cursing my covenant people hey, they don't act like they covenant people they gripe and complain all the time oh, worship other gods I know wow. but for some reason he just didn't see it yeah. when he was talking to a heathen yeah. they were still better than the heathen Because they were circumcised. They had it. They had it. They just didn't act like they had it. You ever had it and not act like you had it? I got three honest people in this auditorium today. You ever had it and not act like you had it? Did that mean you didn't have it? No. Jesus will never cast you out. Yeah, but, oh, that's, 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 uh, that's greasy. That's greasy, slippery slope there, hollow you're talking about. Don't you think people take that as a license to sin? I don't know. Let's talk about your kids and my kids. (laughs)
0: Let's
1: talk about your kids and my kids a little while and we'll see. I raised my kids on this grace message, and all of them yeah. live for God. They always have. Yeah. I never once ever dangled my children over hell, saying, "If you do, if you don't, you don't act right, God's gonna get you. you. Might just go to hell." I never once ever said that to my kids ever. All through their teenage years, they served the Lord. Yeah. They still do today. Because they don't serve Him because they're afraid of Him. Amen. They serve Him because they can't get over this love. somebody who would love you like this, he will not cast you out. He loves you. And he's gonna fix what's wrong with you. Me, me, me warning you of hell isn't gonna fix it, it's just gonna make you worse. It's not gonna fix you. I had cousins who were raised in a traditional Pentecostal, hardcore, hardcore. And they were the nastiest kids I was ever around. I mean the nastiest kids I was ever around. They were the worst. You know why they were? Because any slip up that they had, they felt like because they'd been taught that they were going to hell. And they thought, well, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell in going to hell in a handbasket, I'm going fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it was if I'm going to hell anyway, it's a an no-holes barred kind yes. of existence. Yeah, exactly. If me spitting on the sidewalk sends me to hell, or well, <laughs> adultery, I'm gonna have it. Fornication, I'm gonna have it. Drugs, I'm gonna have it. A couple of the girls even went into prostitution. Yeah. My first cousins, raised and born and raised in legalism. That's its product, y'all. i always thinking you can lose it every day or two. What difference is that from Islam? There's no difference in that in Islam, except he's speaking in tongues. It's a criminal doctrine, and it's a man, man's attempt to try to keep people straight. Problem is, the guy who's preaching it's not straight. Jesus will never cast you out because you're his prize. You are that which the Father gave Him. You're God's gift. You ever hear anybody say that? He thinks He's God's gift. Hello, Hello, I am. And I'm not just God's gift to the earth, I'm God's gift to Jesus. Someone way more important than the earth. He thinks I'm God's gift, praise God. Come on, look at two people and say, you're God's gift. You're God's gift to Jesus. Verse 38 says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus believes it is not the Father's will to cast you out. i tell you a story. About an old truck driver that got saved. He wasn't old when he got saved. He was in his late 20s. He got saved. Started taking his crazy little wife to church. His little wife was crazy. I mean, she was crazy. But he'd take her to church. And she got filled with the Holy Ghost got saved and baptized with the Holy Ghost and what I mean is she spoke in other tongues Amen. like a motorcycle I mean it was, she, was, she got it full bore <laughs> they both got baptized their life started off anew she couldn't get enough of Jesus and he kind of began to get cold the hotter she got the colder he got he finally just dropped out of church altogether. And she'd go by herself. By this time, God had given her another baby. She had two. The second one was me. She had one before me, and before she was saved, and me after she was saved. So she and I often went to church alone, I mean together, just the two of us. She wasn't crazy anymore. She was strange, but she wasn't crazy. (laughs) She's still a little strange, In in a wonderful, weird kind of way, you know. And I fell sick at 12 years old, sicker than I had ever been. I had a raging fever that they could not get under control. They didn't know how the thermometers back then wouldn't even register how high it went. It was killing me, this fever. And it's because I had a little-known disease back then, pancreatitis, inflammation of the pancreas. If you don't know anything about it, trust me, you don't want to know anything about it because it kills adults oftentimes. It can kill you, just, all by, just from the raging fevers. It's just one of those things that makes your fever go so high. Greg could probably tell us more about it. But I'm telling you, it was, I was sick. I was a sick 12-year-old kid. My daddy, one night I nearly died I don't know how many needles they shot in me, how many times, oh, doctors and nurses, I don't even know where I was, I was in Ardmore, Oklahoma, they were trying to save my life. And I was dying. I felt my body slipping, I felt myself slip away several times and the room looked cloudy from my memory. The room has this blue-gray cl- blue smoke in it, and I'm dying. And finally they get me stabilized just a little bit, and most of them, they, they get me in the room, they leave me there, and they, most of them leave. And my daddy says, comes over to my bed and knelt down on the, I could just barely see his shoulders and his head, He was kneeling beside my bed. Reaches up there and gets me by the hand, and he says, boy, John boy, you want to pray with me? And I was like, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I guess. I, I could hardly even think. My old daddy, who seemed to be cold and indifferent and away from God, but born again on the inside. Amen. He found out that Jesus hadn't let him go. He knelt down beside my bed and cried like a baby. And I heard him ask Jesus to heal me and my fever broke. The next day, I was like a new kid. I woke up in the hospital going, wow, I'm hungry. <laughs> the pain had left my side, fever was gone. They said, no, you're gonna have to be real careful, You're gonna have to be careful. I said, bring me something dead to eat. <laughs> I'm so hungry. My, my appetite came roaring back. I, went, I was fixed, and a couple days later, they watching me, I left, I left the hospital went from dying to getting out of the hospital in a couple of days. Never had another reoccurrence of it. Fifty years later I'm still healed. Come on, somebody say amen. 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 A guy that we would call backslidden prayed for me. Had a cigar in his pocket when he did it. We'd call him backslidden. Mm, I'm, not, I'm not authorizing you to smoke cigars I'm not authorizing you to live I'm just telling you Jesus doesn't cast you out because you're not perfect yes. the happy sequel of that story is my daddy never got over that <laughs> he never got over it he didn't come right back into in fellowship with God right away but he was on his way Amen. he moved a step closer and another step in the next 10 years where his life was moving toward Jesus all the time, I went off to Bible college. I went off to Bible college when I was 22. Next thing I know, Mama, Mama calls me, something's going on with your daddy. I said, what's going on with daddy? He wants to go to a gospel singing with me. Okay. In fact, he's hinted that he will go to church with me next Sunday. Okay, Mama, what? You know he wasn't ever lost. Well, I don't know, John, boy, the way he, you know. I said, I know. I know, Mama. Long story short, he got back in. He got right with, he was having, I'm, I'm 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 telling you this story on purpose. I want you to hear the whole story. How he came back was he began to soften his heart to the Lord. But one night in that one early morning hours, he was driving his truck. He drove an AMPI truck. Anybody know what that is? Associated milk producers, one of those big shiny trucks. It brings you your milk for your cereal. Not that one. The one that takes it to the the milk plant that takes it to the, puts it in the box and sells it to the stores. But he went to the dairy barns and picked up the milk and all that. Well, he had had to take a big load to Fort Worth or Dallas, someplace down there, and had backed his truck in, waiting his turn to get in. So he's there like at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. He lays down in the seat of his truck, waiting on his turn to, to back into the milk plant. He falls asleep and has a dream. And here's the dream. He said, I'm walking on a street, more like a ramp, that's going down, and the further I walk, the higher the curb gets. He said, I didn't realize that I was going down until I looked up and saw that the curb was way up here beside me. He said, it don't feel like I'm going down, but the curb's getting higher, so I must be going down. The curbs don't go higher. I must be going down without knowing it. Mm -hmm. And he said, I just stopped, Come on, you've been there, hadn't you? He said, I just stopped and looked up, and I saw sandals. I saw sandals, feet in sandals, standing on the curb. J- Jesus probably wears cowboy boots nowadays, but, but, but if he's going to show up in a dream, he's going to let you know who he is, you understand? Right? Since we invented cowboy boots, I'm sure he has a pair. Well, he's going to be riding a horse when he comes back, I'm just saying. But if he shows up in a dream, he's going to let you know. He's going to, he's going to be in sandals, so you know who he is. Yeah. He saw sandals there. <laughs> he saw sandals, and he thought That's, that has to be Jesus. He tried to look up, but the sun was too bright. The light was too bright. He said he said I couldn't look up. He said all I could do was look at his feet. He said then I saw his hand come down. He said James, come up here. Come up here with me. He said, so I reached up and took him by the hand and just instantly pulled me up on the curb with him. Wow. And when my daddy woke up, he was back in fellowship with Jesus. Amen. He was back. Right. Right. He was back. Came all the way back. That's good. Became an elder in the church again. Okay. Preaching Preach all the jails in, all the jails in, in, in around the area. One more people of Jesus the last few years of his life than most preachers do their whole life because he started going to where, where people, his crowds couldn't run from him. He went to the jails and prisons. <laughs> My daddy had lived most, most of his life a very prejudiced man, racially prejudiced. And God changed all of that in an instant. In an instant, he changed all of that. Yeah, when you really get it, you, that, that, that's the first thing that goes. Amen. Hatred for no reason. And God made his number one audience illegal immigrants from Mexico. People he did not like in the natural. His number one audience, they were arresting them over in Love County, rounding these boys up. And my daddy... Tells a story like this. Now, I don't want you to be offended. I'm just going to tell you the story the way it happened. He walked into the jail one day, and there was this boy in there with his head down. He said, obviously, a Mexican boy. And it began to grate my dad that they were just arresting these boys for no other reason than that. Yeah. He looked at him, he said, Hey, boy, you want to talk a little while? That kid never raised his head. and he said, You don't want to talk to me. He said, why don't I want to talk to you? I'm here to talk to you about God. The boy said, you don't want to talk to me. Wouldn't even look up. You don't want to talk to me. Why don't I want to talk to you? The kid said, because I'm a wet back. My old redneck daddy said, well, that's okay, boy. We've all had our, wet, our backs wet at some point or another. <laughs> He looked up and said, all right, what you got to say? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. He got saved that day and began the next, the next day, the next week, my dad went back to the jail. All those boys who before couldn't speak English were all speaking perfect English now. <laughs> They're saying to my daddy, can you get him out of here? Can you get this one out of here? Say so why? He's all Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's driving us crazy. Can you get him out of here? He didn't really do anything wrong. He, he needs to get out of here. Long story short, they did let him go. He started a church over there in Love County, and became its pastor. Jesus doesn't think it's God's will to let you go no matter how stupid you act. He has a plan for your life that you may not be aware of. You may feel like you're away from God. Yeah. You may think, well, I'm not even sure I believe in God. Well, He still believes in you because God does not believe in atheists. Glory. I love saying that. It's a revelation if you listen to it. God does not believe in atheists. There's no such thing He says. There's only people who are hurt and misunderstand, misunderstand God who, who just take that route to say, I don't believe there is a God. The only reason they take that route is because somebody has misrepresented Him to them. Yeah. I'm representing a loving God to you today who wants to help you because he loves you. Let me tell you more of that story. It's a long story, but it's worth you hearing. I went to Dallas years ago and became part of the staff there. But before I was the director of that institute, we had a director... Two, two or three directors before me was a guy named Larry Hill. And Dr. Hill was a powerful man of God. And Dr. Hill operated in the word of knowledge, strongly, like I never have. I mean, it was amazing the words of knowledge Larry Hill would get. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, telling people where the, their names and addresses and stuff like that. It was marvelous. And he would be up there on the platform during chapel, and he'd start calling out diseases and people's names that had them, and Jesus would manifest and heal these people from these words of knowledge that went out. One day, he, he didn't have a word of knowledge, I didn't think. A young man came running up and said, you need to pray for me, Dr. Hill, I have to have you pray for me. Dr. Hill listened to him and talked to him a little while, and, and, and found out that this young man had pancreatic cancer. What kind of cancer? What was I healed of? Pancreatitis, not pancreatic cancer, but it's still of the pancreas. Mm-hmm. Now that's not every, an everyday thing you hear about, is it? No. No, you hear about arthritis and heart disease and brain damage and all that <laughs> other kind of stuff. But you <laughs> especially if people from, from Love County have brain damage, but, <laughs> but you don't you don't hear about pancreatitis every day. No. Or some kind of pancreatic thing. And Larry Hill doesn't know my story, doesn't know that I was miraculously healed of pancreatitis. He does not know the story. There are 20 or 25 faculty members sitting on that platform when Michael Washington comes running up there saying, I have pancreatic cancer, I need to be healed. Larry Hill hears him and turns and looked and had never done this before and never did it once afterwards. Turner looked at me and said, Pastor John Holler, I need you to come over here. I didn't know what the boy had said. I came over and he said, he has pancreatic cancer. The Lord told me to tell you to pray for him. I could not make the hair stand down down on my head. I kept pushing my hair down. It felt like my hair was standing up. (laughs) This is too good. And I just looked at the guy and said, Jesus, O Nazareth, is about to heal you, boy. You're going to get healed. Jesus loves you, sir. He said, I'm ready. Lifted, threw, threw up both hands. I laid my hands on him and commanded pancreatitis to leave him and cancer to leave him and his pancreas to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He said, thank you. And he left. He was, he was skinny, shriveled up, looked like he was dying. He left. One week later, he comes roaring back in, looking better, comes roaring back into that, that auditorium. I'm telling you with my hand up the way the story happened. He comes running back in, he said, jumping up and down. I said, Dr. Hill, Dr. Hill, Dr. Hill, i got to tell you something. What happened? You remember me? Yeah. I remember you. You had cancer. He said, I don't have it anymore. I went back to the doctors. They said, it's all gone, all gone. I feel like a new man. Glory to God. All because a backslidden truck driver that Jesus would not throw away. Jesus would not throw him away. He has a plan for you. You are not done. He's not done with you just because you acted stupid. He still has a plan for you. All He's wanting you to do is start acting like it. Did you you notice in the dream that my daddy had, Jesus didn't say one thing about his sin. He said, come up here with me, James up here with me. Verse 39, and I'm almost finished. I ought to get to go to 1210. They didn't start until 10 after 10 today. <laughs> this is the Father's will. <laughs> this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Everybody say, lose nothing but should raise it up against the last day. What he's saying is, I'm going to take you all the way to the end. Yeah. This is not part-time salvation. This is all the way to the end salvation. Yeah. And he's making it like it's all on him to keep it in you. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus never loses. Levi went to Jaime. He said, Jaime, Jaime, my son... My son has become a Christian. Jaime says, Hi, Levi. You know your son has become a Christian? Well, now that you mention it, my son too has become a Christian. Levi says, Your son too has become a Christian? My son? Oh, we've got to go to the rabbi and see what's going on. This is not right. So they go to the rabbi, rabbi. They say, Rabbi, Rabbi. Levi's son has become a Christian. And my son has become a Christian. What what's up? Rabbi said, hang on a minute. Levi, your son has become a Christian. And Jaime, your son has become a Christian. Well, now that you mention it, my son too has become a Christian. My son is a Christian. We must talk to God. So they go to they turn, they talk to God. The rabbi says, Oh, great God of Israel, Levi's son has become a Christian. Jaime's son is a Christian. And my son is a Christian. What's up? The Lord said, Levi's son is a Christian. Jaime's son is a Christian. The rabbi's son is a Christian. Well, now that you mention it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was good. Amen. amen Jesus never loses amen. amen verse 40 I've got to move along and this is the will of him that sent me that everyone which seeth the son and believes on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day Jesus reveals himself to those who want him You wonder about the the remote peoples of the world, the tribal peoples of the jungles and such. They've never heard. They've never heard. Are they going to go to hell? Listen to me. There's no such thing as an atheist. And anyone who calls out to God puts a responsibility on the Lord to get a witness to them. That's why I train missionaries. Because you just never know when the Lord's going to tell one of them Go here, go there. Amen. One of my trains was just back in the back in the states last week. His name is Adam Bostick. Adam Bostick, y'all may have heard me talk about him. He's like Indiana Jones, except Indiana Jones is a sissy. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Bostick is the, the manliest man I've ever been around. I mean, I'm not talking that he looks it. I'm just saying the things he does are outrageous. He's in the Amazon jungle. He's in the largest city in the world that does not have a road to it. It's called Iquitos. Nearly a million people there and you can't drive to it. You have to either fly in or go in on the Amazon River. Wow. The jungle is immense. The jungles, the trees there make your bulldozers look like Tonka toys. Can't, can't, just won't work. So they just left it like it was, found other ways to get there. They have a place or two down there called the Forbidden Valley. In the Forbidden Valley, the indigenous people are the only ones allowed to be there. If you go in there, red, yellow, black, and white, and brown. I wasn't going to leave them out. I have grandbabies that are brown, remember? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Frank. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Listen, if you go in there and you don't come out, nobody's coming to look for you. They're just going to say, We tried to tell him. My Indiana Jones goes in there. Not way deep in there. But he'll go in a little ways. And by doing so, he has won a number of these young men in there to Jesus. Amen. And has put them through Christ for the Nations Bible College oh, wow. in, wow. in, in uh, Peru, where, his school, where Iquitos Peru is. And has sent them back in there to win their own people to Jesus. <laughs> it's, an it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. His name is Adam Bostic, if you think of him, pray for him. What that tells you is somebody in there has turned to the one true God and began to worship him. And that one true God sent Adam Bostic to them. Just like he did to Cornelius, the first Gentile that got saved. He began to worship the one true God, the God of the Jews. That's all he knew to do. But That didn't mean he was saved but it did mean that God was now obligated to send somebody with a message to Him. Your pr- prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. And that word in the Greek text is a monument. His, wor- his prayers and His alms were building a monument in heaven. A Gentile monument it probably looked like a frog or something, didn't belong there. <laughs> we don't know what it looked like, but it didn't belong there. God had to do something about it. So he sent to that Gentile the gospel of Christ. So that Gentile could be saved. That's how it happens. Jesus reveals himself to those who want him. And the last thing is vision drives faith. Vision drives faith. He that sees me and believes on him who sent me shall have everlasting, everlasting life. If you can get it in your heart, get an image of who you are, it's amazing how your faith will work. Not by seeing it in the natural, but by seeing it in the heart. Not by really seeing it. Jesus said the blessing is on those who believe without seeing. But he's not talking about having vision. You picture what you want. Picture yourself healed. Picture yourself prosperous. Picture yourself winning in life. Because if you can do this under the name of Jesus, you can have what you can see. Yes. Because you will believe it. And faith activates yes. the power of God Amen. to bring to, be, bring to being what you're dreaming about, yes. what you're visioning about. That's good. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for this time we've had here today. Thank You for the power of Your Spirit. It's already flowed here in this place. But I want to speak to those here who are here today who may be in need of this salvation, this graceful salvation. If you're here this morning with your heads bowed, if you're here this morning and you say, look, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I want to be. I want to say yes to Jesus once and for all. And the Bible, that was generally done publicly. So it's a good thing to do it publicly. Because it helps you drive down a stake and say, I'm never going back. You're going to put your trust in Jesus today because Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and He did it all for you. The gospel part of that, that history is this mystery that He did it for you. It's just history that a man died named Jesus and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day. That's really just history until you get the mystery that He was doing it for you. The Lamb overcame for you, for you, for you. If you're here today and you say, I need that salvation, I am going to lift a hand. If you're here today and you say, I need to believe in Jesus like this to be saved today, I want you to raise a hand because He'll take you just like you are. And God is trying to give you to Him as a gift. Let the Lord, his father, give him, give you to him as a gift. Because he'll take you just like you are. You don't have to change the thing. Oh, you will change. Oh, brother, you will change. Man, I didn't think I needed to change, but I found out when I got saved, I needed to change a bunch of stuff. All, most of the stuff that Miss Andre's already been telling me about. God will take you just like you are because He loves you. God is mad at you, needs you to straighten up because He loves you. All right. Everybody here this morning needs to get saved? We are happy about that. We, We believe that God is in you, with you, for you. Amen.